So as we catch our breath today, let me tell you a few things as, as we're walking through uh, this, this life. Today's comp sermon is about confidence. And, and as I, we're running around this morning uh, figuring out what's going on and, Lord, well, how do we do this? I thought, Lord, there is no better word for my heart today than confidence as we look in this. And so let me tell you, when I was uh, a child in third and fourth grade, I was, I was not the most confident person in the world, but I loved being confident in, in competing in sports. But there was one thing I needed. I had in third and fourth grade these shorts. And I was in third and fourth grade in the 80s, and so my, my shorts may not have been the length that would be appropriate today. But let me tell you what happened. They had these zips on the side of them. They had these zippers on them so that I can know where and, and, and I could feel the wind kind of hit me right here. So whenever I would get into a fast race, I would, I would get ready and I would unzip each side. And it would show a little bit of mesh in there. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I still remember now, oh my goodness, 40 years, 20, 35 years later, that rush of confidence that when I zip those up, it was business game on. And, and so I just would run no matter what was going on with that confidence that came through it. Have you ever had something in your life like that where confidence came through something you had? I mean, maybe your child is that way now. Maybe they have a special animal or a blanket that gives them confidence. What's amazing is our phones tend to be our confidence as adults. We don't want to say that, but uh, especially in this world of social distancing, um, put your phone down and turn it off for like an hour and, and see what happens. Your heart may start having palpitations and, and those kind of... We, we find confidence in a lot of different places. And in a world where it seems like the tone changes day after day after day, when, when the reports from yesterday are no longer needed for today because today's reports are completely different. When the outlooks are so unsettling, it's confidence that we need. Now, let me ask you what. I'm not going to show you any pictures, and I'm surely not going to share any of my black zip-up zip shorts for you today. That would not inspire confidence. But we have one who gives us real confidence today. And we're going to look in John chapter 17. Today, we'll, we'll shoot up into 16 just a little bit, but mostly in 17. So if you have your Bible, turn with us to John chapter 17. And that's how we'll get jumping into Scripture today. Because if nothing else, by the end of today, I want you and I to know that we have confidence. We're going to start reading in chapter 17, verse 1, as we get things going. And then we're going to jump back up into chapter 16. So read along with me just the first verse this is what the bible says when jesus had spoken these words he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you now i want you to stop right there when jesus says the hour has come when jesus has spoken these words the Bible wants us not to follow the break of, of chapter 17 that, that someone put in here to help us be organized. 
But God in His Spirit wants us to reference what Jesus has been saying. In other words, the confidence that we are going to read about in John chapter 17 is based on what Jesus has just finished saying in verse 16. Now, this is a weird kind of confidence, and you're going to hear some stuff, and it wouldn't surprise me if you hear a little bit of what's going on today. Look at, listen in your Bible. Start in 16 verse 31 as we go back to look at this foundation. It says, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming indeed. It has come. When you will be scattered, each to his own home. And you will, and, and, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have peace tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world now i i know this is a different scenario but i'm telling you when i read those verses earlier this week it really hit me that lord you're telling the disciples hard times are coming and they're going to be scattered to their own home <laughs> this week his church has been scattered to its own home all over the world we're kind of on this home lockdown. We're, we're scattered out. We're trying to figure out how isolation works. In, in Scripture, we know that what happened here is a persecuted persecution started happening on the church. We know that, that not, not, not long after all of this, that Jesus will be arrested and his disciples will be scattered and they would go to their own homes. Gathering in small groups was the only way that they were going to gather. Their confidence was going to be tried. It was going to be shaken. Does that sound familiar does it sound familiar to you this morning that these words were absolutely meant for the disciples but the prayer is about the church you see the confidence that we get today that jesus prays on today comes in chapter 16 verse 33 but take heart i have overcome the world you see, the promise for us as believers is not that if we believe in Jesus Christ, if we walk with Christ, that life is going to be smooth. The promise is not that if you and I walk with Jesus Christ, we're never going to get sick. In fact, the promise for Christ followers is if you follow me, then, then the world, this life that you try to live is going to be so countercultural to what's going on around you, the world around you, that that you're going to have trials as you go through it. So your confidence does not come on where you are or what's going on around you or how you're feeling right now. That, those, none of those are your confidence. Your confidence is not going to be, what does tomorrow look like for my business? What, what can I do to secure yesterday or, or tomorrow? Or, or your confidence is not going to be in your children. It, it's not going to be in anything but Christ. Because the Bible says out of all of these trials that Jesus has overcome them. He already has victory. And that's why he prays with confidence. As we read into chapter 17, verse 1 through 12, I want you to listen for that. That, that Jesus speaks with a certainty. Jesus speaks with a, with a confidence and a clarity. He's not hoping that what he says will happen. He's declaring the truths that have been laid in place over and over again. Today, as you navigate and as I navigate unknown times in an uncertain world, 
where confidence had been shattered around the globe, where uncertainty has started to make soft our footing. What we know is that the bride of Christ can be confident because those were never the things that were going to give us victory to begin with. You see, as we look in this in verse 2 and further, we're going to find out that our confidence comes from three interactions. And let me write it, and maybe you're writing at home, you can see this. So we have these three relationships that we're going to walk through. The first one is the father and the son. Now, this is important that this is number one, because the relationship between father and the son is everything. None of the following verses matter if we don't see that relationship between Jesus and the father, if we don't understand what it's based upon and what it does. So read with me. We'll go 17 verse 1 all the way down to verse 5 together as we jump into this. The Bible says this. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. And said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give him eternal life, to whom, excuse me, to give eternal life to whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Glorify, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had before the world existed. You see, this verse, this story of confidence is kind of this circle back and forth. Jesus speaking to his Father in verse 1, saying, glorify the Son, that the Son may glorify you. And then we see this back again. We see this in verse 4. I have glorified you on earth and done the work you've given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence. And so check this out. This is the picture that came to mind. I started to see this kind of idea of a, of a tornado. That, that the tornado is caused, as David showed us, by a collision of two things. On earth, it's warm and cold air. But in spirit, in reality, it's this father and son relationship that causes this tornado. It's this, Lord, Father, I am glorifying you. You glorify me. There's a certainty of what's happening. This isn't, when you see a tornado, it's not an uncertainty. When you see the, the funnel cloud form, you know what's happening. But, but in our spirit, we, we know and we understand But before time began that when the Father and Son, together as one, made this unthinkable plan of certainty, of overcoming, of salvation, that we would see this glorify, 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 this back and forth. How? Because the Father is the promise keeper. He sent the Son. The Son is the promise keeper. I have obeyed your word. I have accomplished what you gave me. The Father is the promise keeper. So glorify me, your Son. We just back and forth, back and forth. Our confidence that we stand upon today is based on the unending relationship of the Father and the Son. That they have together this is great it, it's not based on your relationship with me it's not based on on our relationship with our economy or our health it's based on this relationship 
that, that has been glory upon glory upon glory upon glory. If we were to look through the Old Testament all the way through the end of Revelation, do you know what you would see? That we serve a promise keeper. That we serve a God who says, I will send you out to Abraham and send you to the promised land. We serve a God who says, Moses, tell, tell them, I am. I'm the promise keeper. I will get you there. We serve a God who says the same thing to, to Gideon. When Gideon says, I'm small, God says, I'm the promise keeper. You see, your confidence today that starts now and that carries on is based on this promise-keeping relationship. And we get a picture of it through Jesus Christ. And, and here's the thing. Jesus does what we couldn't do. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that pretty amazing to think about? That, that in Genesis we saw a, a few weeks ago, oh my goodness, it feels like forever because it was before we woke up to this virus. But do you remember in church when we were talking about being made in the image of God and we got to Genesis chapter 3 and we saw that God the promise keeper laid it all out and Adam and Eve still chose death over life. You and I still choose death over life. Listen, what Jesus says is, I've accomplished the work. I've accomplished the work. And so in this picture, check this out with me. In this picture, we have this, this idea that, that the church, that you and I, almost like a tree sucked in by a tornado, that God has brought us up into this mist, that, that from all over, that God is bringing his church, and we're finding ourselves caught up in, in this tornado of the relationship of the Father and the Son. And, and this is where life was found. Listen to what Jesus says. Verse 2, you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given him. And so this is what it says. Verse 3, and this is eternal life. And this is eternal life. That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now check this out. All Jesus says is life is only found when you and I are caught up into this relationship between the Father and the Son and we remain there. That's where life is. Now I want you to check it out. If we think of it that way, life is found isolated from the world. Life is found when you and I are captivated, focused in finding ourselves only caught up into Jesus Christ. Only, this is eternal life, that you, they know you, the only true God, and Christ whom you've sent. Church, this morning, our confidence comes from this relationship. The Bible doesn't say life is, is discovered by, by people who, get, who walk into our relationship. Life doesn't say, God doesn't say that eternal life is unearthed, it's earned. It doesn't say you, you have to do these 17 things in to unlock the code and the key. What scripture says is this, is that you and I are given, that we're drawn up in eternal life. And eternal life is found only in the middle of knowing the one true God and the Son in whom he's sent church this morning if you go no further let me share with you that this season of the world will pass and another one will come upon it it may be beautiful it may be difficult but that is not supposed to shake us 
because our confidence is in us in Christ. Maybe you're at home right now, and this week you've been bored to death. Have you allowed your confidence to be caught up in Christ? Have you walked outside and see all the things of the world that testify that there is one true God alone? Have you shared those truths with your children? Have you texted it to your friend? Have you, have you screamed it to your neighbor next door? Have you found yourself just giving in to the confidence stealer and, de and declining the focusing on who God is? The Lord has given you and I extra time right now for fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles and grandparents to display the glory of God to those around us. He's given you and I right now extra time to look into his word. He's given you and I extra time right now to be caught up into his glory. Maybe it is watching a video. Maybe it is watching a sermon. Maybe, maybe it's those things. But I'm telling you, the same Holy Spirit that lives in me, lives in everyone who calls upon his name, who believes in the only God and the Son he sent. And so you don't need all of your interactions to be based on simply me. You have community with the Father. And so make sure that you're making time to find yourself in prayer, to let the Lord bounce you around. And here's the great thing. Since we're caught up in this storm together, we're going to bump into each other, and we're going to encourage each other virtually right now. We're going to text each other words of encouragement fueled by the Spirit, moved in this relationship. That's what Scripture is talking about for the disciples now, that Jesus is saying, God, I am confident in our relationship, and I have accomplished, I have given life. I've spread that out there. And this is life. It's us. This first interaction builds into this second interaction that you and I can understand our growing confidence. This is what verse 6 talks about, is this second relational interaction. This is what it is. It's about the Son and the church. Now, this is really important as we look at this, and, and I'm going to kind of create a space for us over here. Because since this involves us now, it, it's beautiful. Scripture tells us a little bit of what to expect. Scripture unpacks a little bit of what you and I could understand. It starts off with this first word, the third word in verse 6. It says, I have manifested your name to the people. Now, pause there for a second. The word manifest means made evident. It just means it makes it obvious in, in this, okay? So I want you to, to remember that as we keep reading. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given, is, you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know the truth that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, for I am glorified in them. You see, in, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people, and then he talks about how the people manifest the reality of that relationship. I, I don't know if you could imagine this, but if going back to this idea of a tornado, I, I, confession, never been caught up in a tornado. If you have, you can comment on Facebook. That'd be a pretty amazing story. 
um, but, but I've never been caught up. But here's my expectation. If I get caught up into a tornado with all the other things that are caught up into the tornado, I don't think it's going to be like the Wizard of Oz where everybody stays six feet apart. I think social distancing will be destroyed by something, that things are colliding into each other, that they're being spit out, as they're hitting things, that they're manifesting the reality that they have been caught up into this whirlwind now now bring that back home what jesus says here is he has made obvious this relationship to the world and those who are his bear the marks of it we bear that manifestation of it now 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 check this is crazy what the bible says is is that believers have dents that you and i are going to have parts of our our body our spirit our relational imprint with him that will bear the obvious truth those are the confidence markers in our life i this is why this relationship is included because the the lord the father son relationship say listen the manifestation the confidence revealed seen is in our relationship with the lord with christ the markers that he gives us now, I don't, I don't know if you're watching Disney Plus or if you're on the computer at all right now, but I, I remember uh, not too long ago, it feels like that at least, that we were watching um, Cars, uh, maybe Cars 2, I don't remember which one it was uh, now, Cars 3, one of those movies. But I remember that Mater, the tow truck, if your kids are watching, they, they have this tow truck right now, that Mater gets a dent. Um, and there was a part where, where someone was sneaking up on him and he, he was afraid they were going to fix his dent. Do you remember that? And, and this is what happens. They said, no, 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 we're not trying to fix your dent. He said, good, because I like my dent because they help me remember. They help me to remember the people. They help me to remember the places that I've been. You see, we live in a world that's trying to buff out the dents so that we all look the same. For a Christian, if we start to buff out the dents of the manifestations of Christ with us so that we'll be more acceptable, so that we'll be more palatable, so that we'll be more receivable, here's what I want you to know. Then, then we are putting putty in holes that are meant to show the glory of God. So, so what are the dents in our life? Look in this, in verse 6, it says, Yours they were, You have given them to me, and they have kept your word. The Bible says that you and I are keepers of the word. That's our first dent. You see, when when a believer holds on to the word, it it means they, the keep means they guard over it. They hold on to it like like treasure. Now, now check this out. We're going to be tempted to let go of this treasure. We're going to be tempted to give priority to how many times are you checking your, your 401k right now? Or how many times are you checking your bank account right now? And those things, you're going to be tempted to treasure other things in this world. But what God shows us is, is where our treasure is, our heart is. And he says, my believers, don't fill in those dents of my treasure to see if you can have confidence somewhere else. But instead, be keepers of the word. Treasure my word. Scripture says, I've hidden your word in my heart like a treasure. Jesus gives the parable of the gospel of the kingdom like it's a a treasure hidden in a field or a pearl of great price. Over and over, you and I are reminded, 
be keepers of God's word. Why? Because it reminds us of the realness. You do not have a virtual relationship with Jesus Christ. You aren't, you aren't serving a God that's two-dimensional today. Yeah, I, I get it. We know that the two-dimensional person on the other side of the screen is a real person because we have seen them and we know them today. Have confidence. Be a keeper of the word, knowing that Jesus Christ is more real than I am standing before you. The manifestation, the dent of our presence in this relationship is that we keep the word. The Bible goes on and says, but that's not the only dent. Verse 8 says this, For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. And they have received them. You see, it's one thing to keep it. It's another thing to receive it. It's one thing to hold Scripture and to hold to Scripture. It's another thing to let it steer your heart. You see, what Jesus says is your confidence in this crazy season is found in in that den of receiving the Word. And we're going crazy if this broadcast falls today. Why? Because we don't want you to miss out. We don't want you to forget that the Lord has given you His Word so that you might apply it to your spirit, apply it to your heart. I've seen so many great notes on Facebook, and my prayer is that those words won't just be kept, not just remembered, but the words of Christ would be put into our hearts that we would receive them as the truth that it is. In scripture it says, listen, it, it, believing is connected, but we have to receive the truth. Are you living your life right now, church, knowing the truth that not just God's word is real, but that it governs your heart? Have you received the truth of God into your mind that says, be anxious for nothing? Have you received the, the truth in your mind that says, think on these things, whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is pure. Have you applied these truths to your heart that the Lord, who's the same God who did every miracle in the Old Testament, is still the God that governs your life today? That's the dent. Receive it. If you're at home by, by, your, by yourself in social distancing and you're not going to work or something like that, Listen, put it out there. Lord, show me, show me how to receive you more and more. Use that intimate time. Reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ. Reach out to others around you. If you're at home with others, if you're going to work, how, Lord, will you let the truth that I keep be implanted in me in such a way that I might receive it so that the dents and the dings and the truths that the whole world is is questioning might be the places of confidence They might be grips. What if the dings of the manifestations of this life that the world has been questioning right now are just grips for the lost world to hold on to so that Christ might suck them up, might draw them in to their relationship? We are keepers of the word. We are receivers of the word. And we are believers in the
we are believers. That's what Scripture says. Go with me. Check it out. Verse verse 8. We'll, we'll get back there again and go all the way down to verse 10. It says, For I have given them the words that you gave me. They have received them and have come to know the, in, in truth that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. They have believed that you sent me. You see, we keep the word, we receive the word, and we believe the truth that the word is pointing to. What is the word pointing to? The truth. In this whirlwind relationship of the Father and the Son, the reality of it, and that His church, all of His church is caught up in that. Regardless of the changing of the seasons, of the days, regardless of what happenings, that, that's the belief. Do we believe that? Is that, is that dent evident on your life? It, it doesn't have to show up in a, in a, in a tattoo or in a t-shirt. It, it doesn't have to show up in a, in a Hobby Lobby sign on your, on your door. Is it showing up in your life right now? You see, as fear kind of makes its way through our country and our world, as uncertainty grips us, is your belief resting in the authentic true relationship that the one and only God sent his one and only son to manifest the truth of eternal life to us so that we would be caught up in him is is that what's giving you confidence right now if it is i'm telling you this is the biggest chance for the gospel to be shared this is the biggest opportunity for the word to be made known you don't have to worry you don't have to be concerned. The, the third and last interaction is this. And this is beautiful. It's between the Father and the church. Isn't it great? We, we start with the Father-Son interaction. We see the Son in the church and the Father in the church. Why is this prayer this way? Because I'm telling you, this is truth. That when we are caught up into the relationship with the Father and the Son. It isn't just the Son that marks us. It's the Father. It's the Lord, the Creator of heaven and the earth, the one that Isaiah says, who measures the world in, in His hands, who holds the world in the palm of His hand. That's the God. That's the Father who Scripture says we interact with now. Listen, this is killer. Verse 11 through verse 12. And I am no longer in the world, church. Jesus has died, risen, been resurrected, and has ascended into heaven. And one day he will return. But Jesus Christ is reigning. He's glorified with his Father. And so he says, I am coming to you. Now, now catch this. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, even as we were one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name which you have given to me, I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus says, Father, confidently, they're yours. As I am going, the manifestation, our plan, as I am glorified, I am giving them into your hands. Keep them. What Scripture says is the Lord, the Father of all things, the, the, the God of the universe is keeping you right now. I, I don't know what state you're in. I don't know if, if your spirit has been struggling in this, but, but hear this. 
You are not in charge of keeping yourself. The Bible says that Jesus has given you into the Father's hands. If you are the church, if you belong, if you believe, if you have, if you have let go of what you've been holding on to that, so that the Lord would allow you to be sucked up into this relationship, the Lord is keeping you. That means that you are an overcomer. Go all the way back to 16. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome. And what Jesus is saying here at the end is through the Father, we are overcomers. Now, I, I looked at this and I started looking at John's themes and scriptures. And I wrote some scriptures down because we hear this, this inference of it here. That with the Lord guarding us, that nothing can separate us, nothing can come between us. But John says over and over in 1 John chapter 2, he says, I've written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. The word of God received and, and taking root and you have overcome the wicked one. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are children, you, you of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 5. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Revelation chapter 3. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on the throne, even as I also overcame and is set down by my Father in his throne. In Revelation chapter 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved their lives not even unto death. Because Jesus has overcome today. If you are his church, if you are his, I want to let you know right here and right now, Jesus' prayer was that his, his church will be given into his Father's hands so that we might be overcomers together. Now listen, I, I want you to know, we're going to overcome this. This season around us will last, will, will go by. But I, but I need you to, to know, I need you to, to hear that in Christ Jesus, you've already overcome. The enemy just wants you to believe that the score isn't set yet on your life. The enemy just wants you to think that you're alone, that you might lose a round, that you might lose the battle, that you might lose the war. Let me tell you this, there is no battle that you will lose except the ones you seed, you hand over to the enemy by filling in the dents. There's no victory that you won't win. There's no life that you won't take part of today outside of this victory in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Father is keeping you and there is nothing out there that can overcome the grip of the Father today. Now, now here's the question for you as we move into a time of consideration. Are you confident? Are there dents on your spirit right now? Th this, this was written to the church. It was scribbled out as a love letter of confidence. Not for those who figured it out. Not for those who 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 found it out not for those who earned it or who brought enough to confess or whatever it was given to those who received the eternal life that came through the word made flesh and who 
believe, whose lives are rooted in that truth, unshakable. This morning, right now, is the Lord inviting you to make this word for Him, for you? Are you holding on to something while the Lord is wooing you to Him? And He's He's calling you, let go. Let go. I'm doing everything. I'm even telling you what to do. Let go. Do you need to, to just, do you need it right now? Do you need to say, Jesus Christ, I, I don't think I ever saw the reality of, of, of life being found or understood only between you and God. I always felt like there was something I had to do. Right now, God, I, I confess that lie. Will you catch me up in your truth that there is one God one son who he sent and there's one life and it can be found only in him if that's the confession of your heart right now you can have confidence that you are a part of his plan that you are a part of his his story are you stuck in your house right now trying to keep a brave face on and by doing that you've been filling all the dents of your life you found yourself being so busy filling up the dents that you're wondering where God is in the middle of all this. This morning, would you let the Holy Spirit wipe all that garbage off so that the Word may be what you hold on to. The truth may be what you receive. And Christ may be the one you believe in, that that's where your hope is found. Let's pray together. Father God, you're so good. You're so great. Lord Jesus, in these uncertain times, we need confidence. And our confidence needs to be in you alone. Lord, let us, let us see that whirlwind. Let us, let us be, feel the breeze of your spirit. Father God, let the joy that comes through interaction with you, the life, that eternal life be received, Lord. Let us put aside the things that hinder us, the temptations that woo us in, all the boxes we need to check. Let us submit them to you today, God, that we might know that life and hope and grace and greatness is found in the hand of our kings, and you hold us too. You're so good. Lord, let your joy be the song of your saints. Lord, it's not you holding back the tune. 